Doing a good job with that today. It's like you just wandered in. There's a microphone. Oh, hello. hello. I guess I should talk. That's what microphones are for. I'd... Ah. The uh, report came out that the number of encounters at the United States southern border has eclipsed 2 million in the last fiscal year. Think about that. We're not done yet. The fiscal year will not end until September 30th. It was actually 2.1 million. Um, there are like 8,000 encounters a day, which could rise even more if they lift that Title 42 public health order that Trump put in place a few years back. And the Biden administration has been hankering to do that, along with, of course, uh, reversing a lot of the Trump policies. And what we now have is an overwhelmed border. And of course, everyone's aware of the stories about some Republican governors who have been busing or putting on planes some of the migrants and sending them to sanctuary places like Chicago, New York City, Martha's Vineyard. And apparently, as we'll talk about later, the El Segundo Times, oh my God, discovered that a small number of men, I think it was four, were flown to Sacramento. Oh no, oh, that's... Men oh. from Venezuela. Sacramento? Oh, that's yes, terrible. dippity doos town. Oh my God. There's horrible, lying politicians there. Now, that's <laughs> cruel and inhumane. Martha's Vineyard is one thing, but not Sacramento. It was We're 116 bring... in Sacramento the other day. You can't do that to them. We're going to bring on Mark Krikorian, who's executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies, to talk about the costs of all this, which is often ignored by a lot of the media. Uh, Mark, how are you? Doing very well, thank you. Good to have you on. All right. How much is this going to cost? It's going to cost a lot. Um, we figured that, uh, and again, this is using government numbers, so this isn't anything we're pulling out of our hat, that the illegal immigrants that the Biden administration has already let in, another, and he's got two years to go, uh, are likely over their lifetime, even when you consider taxes they're going to pay, will may well cost something like $100 billion, with a B, that is, $100 billion. $100 Again, that's, billion. That's counting the taxes they pay. And there's nothing wrong with them. It's not because they're bad people. It's because illegal immigrants aren't very educated. And so the kind of work they get doesn't pay much, which means they don't pay much in taxes, and they're eligible for lots of welfare programs. They can't even – I mean, in a modern economy, if you have like a sixth-grade education – you could work all the jobs. You could work until you drop, and you're not going to make enough money to feed your own children, let alone you know avoid being a burden on the uh, taxpayer. So, this is something that modern societies like ours need to take into account when we make immigration policy. And unfortunately, the Biden administration couldn't care less. Now, the major categories would be healthcare, right? They'd be on Medicaid forever, right? And public schooling is a big one. A lot of them, uh, it's the costs that. Um, you know, for their kids. Public schooling is big. Medicare is big. Uh, Medicaid, rather. And uh, when, if and when they become legalized, which, uh, you know, a lot of times happens. I mean, uh, there's every year there's some illegal aliens who get legalized through the green card system. Uh, then their costs go up. Uh, we were just figuring, assuming they stay illegal, using the government numbers that have come, you know, that uh, are based on how many illegals there are here, new illegals under Biden, and then what they're likely to cost over their whole lifetimes, these are the numbers we came up with. And, um, you know, if it's wrong, talk to the government. These are their numbers. You write in your article that going back to the 1600s, even in colonial Massachusetts, they had laws against 
the settlement of people who were unlikely to support themselves back when I guess right. everyone here were were illegally migrating, right? I mean, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, there was a there was, this is Massachusetts, so this is shortly after Massachusetts had been set up. So they had a government. This isn't this isn't when the you know the Pilgrims just walked off the boat. They had a government, but it was very early on, and they said, look. We're not going to let any people from England move here if they can't support themselves, if they're paupers, and they're going to end up living off of us because we're not going to let them, you know, just starve here. We just we're not going to let them in. Well, that is a that is, if you will, if you could think of that as the first principle of U.S. immigration policy. And this administration has actually undone and unwound a rule that the Trump people put into effect about how you would decide whether somebody is, you know, qualifies as being able to support himself or not. And, um, you know, they don't care whether illegal immigrants end up on welfare. In fact, a lot of the people on the left say it's our obligation to uh, provide government taxpayer services to people who are, you know, aren't even supposed to be here. And can't take care of themselves. I guess this is the global socialist crowd, isn't it? Yeah, I guess that's the way you could put it. Um, that we're, we're that, globalists. Yeah, but we're supposed to take care of any poor person that wants to come here because we're way too rich and uh, we were formed under uh, uh, under evil practices hunt for yeah, hundreds of years. Yeah, we don't deserve what we have. And so this is, you know, it basically... Illegal immigration is a kind of reparations is the way I think a lot of people yeah. on the left see it. And even, you know, this is without putting it in those words, that's the way, frankly, much of the Democratic elected leadership even thinks of it, that we don't have any right to say no to anybody. So if they make it to our border, we basically have, you know, we're obliged to let them in, whether we like it or not. So they so they really believe they have the right to a little uh, sliver of our wealth. And and that's really the purpose of this. I mean, there's no other real end game. It's just that, hey, you know, this 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 country is, is way too rich, founded under uh, illegal pretenses, immoral pretenses, so this is payback time. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's not the illegal immigrants themselves who are thinking that. They're no. just regular working stiffs. No, it's, I'm not talking about the people in charge of the policy. Own, yeah, it's our own leadership class that thinks basically we deserve this. And so we're going to give it to the deplorables good and hard uh, because it's not there. I mean, you know, when it when it just in a tiny little way started impinging on them, when 50 illegal immigrants showed up in uh, Tony Rich Martha's Vineyard, immediately they called the army and had them bum rushed out of there after they <laughs> gave them a bowl of cereal to make themselves feel better. You know, so so, um, so Martha's so Vineyard not, doesn't not being affected. By Martha's it. Vineyard doesn't have to pay reparations. But Texas you know, and Florida, I, no, apparently did. not. Yeah, exactly. Does, so does, how come the media isn't either? You know what I mean? In Brentwood, yeah. something ah. else you, you point out, which is worth mentioning. Back in December of 2020, Biden said he was going to roll back what he called Trump's restrictive asylum policies. But you know, maybe at a slower pace because we don't want to have two million people on our border. Well, that's yep. what's happened. How come nobody's asking him that question? Well, how, how did this well, happen? Because we have a lapdog uh, media, I'm afraid. I mean, he specifically said he was he was going to put up what he called guardrails to make sure that the border didn't spin out of control when he undid Trump's policies. But the fact is that 
Trump's policies were what was keeping the border from spinning out of control. So when he undid them, there were no guardrails or whatever word he wanted. That's what he used. It was guardrails to prevent exactly what happened. In other words, Biden, obviously, you know, it's not like he could see the future. I'm not sure he can see the pudding in front of him. But um, with, you know, in spite of himself, he ended up predicting what was going to happen when he took office. Have you ever had any of these people say this privately, just as clearly as you did, that this is really about reparations? This is global socialism. Well, I mean, it's you, you, they say it's not, there's no privately. I mean, they just say it. If you go on, you know, go on Twitter and read their stuff and look at their, uh, you know, conferences and stuff. That's the way they see it is that we have an obligation to everybody else in the world. And even if they say, and some of the politicians who actually have to get elected will say, no, 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 I believe in limits on immigration. I don't believe in unlimited immigration. Then the next question is, okay, well, what are you willing to do to enforce immigration limits? Let's say we increase immigration tenfold and let 10 million people in every year legally um what are you willing to do to mr 10 million and one who's not a drug dealer he's not a rapist just a regular ordinary schmo um are you willing to track him down arrest him detain him and throw him out regardless of what sob story he comes up with and if the answer is no and the answer is no from everybody in the democratic leadership then you're for unlimited immigration and that's what they're about do you see today, Mark, Biden was asked about the overwhelmed border and he tried to keep it to three countries, Cuba, Nicaragua and Venezuela, trying to spin it that, right. well, it's these three countries right now and they have big problems. That's why their people are trying to leave. It sounded like he was trying to elicit some sort of sympathy because what people know of those countries, it's not pleasant living there. Yeah, um, that's the storyline they've come up with. Presumably they you know, had a meeting and said, OK, this is what we're going to say. Uh, the fact is, Mexico is still the largest source of illegal border it crossers, is. even yeah. though it's not like it used to be. It's still the largest single source. And things didn't get dramatically worse over the past year in Venezuela. Things are pretty bad. But in Cuba and Venezuela, what changed was not the desire to leave those places. That's a real thing because those places stink, as long a lot of other places do. What's changed is that people's ears perked up and they said, oh, wait a minute. I can get to the United States, so I'm going to do it. Right. In other words, it's not so much the push of wanting to leave. It's the pull of Biden's invitation. There's one quick story on that I want to tell you. One of our guys talked to a Haitian guy in Costa Rica who was making his way to the border. And he had been living in Chile for years. All the Haitians coming to our border, none of them are coming from Haiti. They're all coming from South America. They've all had asylum down there. They've had jobs. So he said to the so the guy said, hey, you know, I went to Chile because it's a thousand times better than Haiti. So my guy said, so why are you headed to New York? I mean, to, headed to the Rio Grande. And he said, because life in America is a million times better than <laughs> Haiti. It's an invitation that Biden has made. And now we're all dealing with the consequences. All right, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. I always appreciate your input. Thank you. All right, Mark Corian, executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies with the headline that this uh, migrant explosion will cost taxpayers $100 billion and counting. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Reporter Salvador Hernandez has a story titled, These Migrants Were Flown to California from Texas 
They don't know why or who paid for the flights. Yes, oh. they found themselves a small group of Venezuelan migrants who say they were flown from Texas to Sacramento last week with little cash, some without shoes. The men have no idea why they were sent or who paid for the flights, according to <laughs> suspiciously an advocacy group. Oh, it would be the taxpayer. And I don't believe any claims made by advocacy groups. I notice how they throw in this thing, and they're without shoes. Yes. So give Some them, without shoes. Yeah, yes. so, so give them a pair of shoes since you're an advocacy group. No, that should have been done by whoever put them on the plane. Don't you get the idea of this? It's cold and inhumane. You know something? I don't care about all these claims. I don't believe them. I, well, I, it's I just the same thought, with the homeless problem. Nobody's they, responsible. These are adults. These migrants are adult men. Why do we have to provide them with shoes and with the exact place they need to go? Presumably. We cannot be the doormat for the world's poor. We can't do that. We don't have enough resources to run the millions. And I still remember that poll we read from years ago. How many millions and millions of people would come to the U.S. if it was easy to do? They would just come here. And we're not just talking about Central and South America or even Cuba. We're talking about many countries in Asia. They would find their way here. Hundreds, they, of, hundreds of millions of people would come. Oh, hundreds of millions. So that right. goes back to Mark Kerkorian's question from the Center for Immigration Studies. You, you, you sit down, and of course nobody in the media does this, and say, okay, what's your limit on illegal immigration? Pick a number. Yeah, he because came up with we, $10 million. He goes, are, well, then what do you do with the $10 million and first person that shows up? Right? We have one of the most liberal uh, legal immigration policies in the whole world. We do. We let in more people legally than most anyone else. Okay, so whatever you think the number is that we should pay for, that we should be obligated to pay for because of all the, the history of all the crimes we've committed against humanity, that we have to pay out reparations because of our capitalistic society, right? We, we, we're, we're so wealthy. Pick the number. Let's say it's $10 million, just for the argument here. All right, what about the uh, $10 million in first person? Can we block them? Well, it depends. I mean, uh, no, yeah, the answer is, is, is a hedge, which means they're for open borders. OK, yeah, exactly. They don't want to block anybody. Right. I mean, who they're just pretending that they believe in some sort of limits. So we're dealing with with phony. We're dealing with virtue signaling again. We're dealing with phoniness again. It's like the people on Martha's Vineyard. They post the signs saying no, uh, no human is illegal. We welcome all immigrants. You finally give them 48. First thing they do is they got the National Guard to evict them. That's exactly what happened is the National Guard, the military came in and tossed them off the island and they sent them to Cape Cod. So all these advocacy groups are all these people who are virtue signaling with their stupid signs and their stupid slogans. They're phonies. They don't want any of these people in their neighborhood. You can send them to New York City. Nobody squawked. Because everybody assumes it just gets absorbed among all the hundreds of thousands of poverty-stricken immigrants that are already there, right? Nobody squat. Go to Chicago. Nobody cares. They can lay on the streets in El Paso. Nobody sheds a tear. But, boy, you come to, to a, a rich, wealthy playground. Woo! And they so, are the loudest squealers. All the time saying, no, no, we were compassionate. Boy, we gave them a meal. Yeah, you gave them one meal, and then you, you evicted them the next morning. So these Venezuelan men that the time spotlighted, holy mackerel. Again, when you read the story, it's almost like they're treated like five-year-olds. They're in their 20s to their 40s, right? Able-bodied men seeking asylum in the U.S. But the way the story is written, oh, they're confused. 
they don't have shoes. And you know what happened? A, a local aid group helped them, and the men even helped the group move furniture and other donations to a Syrian refugee family. <laughs> wow. Stick that in there to yeah. make it sound like, see how wonderful these, these migrants are. You, they can only make our country better. Force, Why are they being treated like this? Four saints showed up. What are the odds? Yeah. What are the odds? Well, good, then hire them. Hire them as furniture movers. There is just um, never any effort made in these stories to hold people responsible for themselves. No. Right? It's all the fault of our cold, cruel government, particularly right now, these Republican governors who dare send these yeah. people to other do, states. Do you notice? And they're lost and confused. Do you notice who's not? They're adults. You notice who's not getting any attention? The Democratic mayors from individual cities in Texas who did the same thing, who bust their uh, vagrants, I'm sorry, who bust their illegal immigrants out of there. A number, oh, of did? a number of Democratic mayors, yes. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've only been hearing about Abbott and DeSantis. Well, well, there you go, you see, because of the lying, deceitful news media. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, I'll get, are I'll they going to say that those Democratic uh, officials uh, talked to the migrants and they wanted to go to these places to reunite with family or other community members? Or no, no, no. Is that the excuse they'll give? No, they're, they're, they admit they bust them out because they don't have room. Can't take care of them. Well, then how is it any different? It's not any different. They don't get coverage and criticism, and the Republicans do. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got uh, more coming up. Oh, on here the we John go. And- the Democratic oh. El Paso mayor, Oscar Leeser, sent migrants to New York City to help them. Oh, you got the El Paso mayor. I've read about yeah. him. Yeah, they really got hit with a lot of migrants. Yeah, he says they don't have any money, so we're helping and working to get them where they want to go. And... Uh, his administration is moving 200 migrants a day from El Paso. Where are they going? Uh, he's sending them to New York City. Ah. Does anybody make that you know, distinguishment between whether these are Abbott migrants from Texas or this Democrat mayors? Or uh, I don't know. But anybody he... in New York who's covering this story, right? Well, matter? The, the New York Post is the only one who's covering it accurately here. Uh, I. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Well, story-making news in the vagrant front. We move from the migrants to the vagrants. That would be the homeless. Or for those of you who prefer the unhoused. Or those experiencing homelessness. That's right. Do we have any more euphemisms? Yeah, choose your euphemism. We have a NBA celebrity name that has gotten himself involved in the issue in San Diego. It's Bill Walton. You may remember Bill Walton played at UCLA and, of course, played in the NBA for years and is now a pretty well-known broadcaster of college basketball. Well, I guess he lives in San Diego and in a story that appeared in the voice of San Diego, Bill Walton sent a series of emails to the mayor of that city, Todd Gloria, detailing his personal encounters with the homeless population. One email read, while peacefully riding my bike early this Sunday morning in Balboa Park, I was threatened, chased, and assaulted by the homeless population in our park. Another email says, you speak of the rights of the homes 
What about our rights or the rights of the homeless? What about our rights? We follow the rules of a functioning society. Why are others allowed to disregard those rules? Your lack of action is unacceptable, as is the conduct of the homeless population. And then the most recent Instagram post from Bill Walton. Sadly, with a broken heart, I can no longer say that my hometown of San Diego is the greatest place in the world. I can no longer say that SD is a safe, healthy, clean, and beautiful place. I can no longer urge my family, friends, tourists, and businesses to come to San Diego to live, work, and play. I am no longer say that our neighborhood for the last 43 years is still my dream. I am brokenhearted. We must fix our homeless crisis. We need engagement, rehabilitation, and, uh-oh, constant enforcement, and we need it now. How about that? Well, he's absolutely right. It's also what... Uh... Thousands of people have said <laughs> all over uh, California from uh, San Francisco down to here. And uh, you have elected people who uh, don't care. They, they, they I think they, Todd they, Gloria plays this thing like, oh, I've got this figured out. I can uh, I can uh, get these yeah. people housed and fix this. It's usually these sputtering politicians like well, Garcetti they, they, that take the money but do nothing. Look, you they've let in thousands, tens of thousands of people from other states to camp here and do drugs all day or to sit here all day and wallow in their mental illness. That's that's what they chose. Most of these people aren't from here. We became this this receptacle for all the human debris. And I actually don't care if they're from here. I, well, do you I'm, think if they're from here that changes my mind that we have to no, uh, do everything for them? It no, does no, not. No, no. But what I'm saying is... No, we don't have to do anything for them. But what when, when you're a magnet for a country of 330 million people and, and you make it clear publicly that anything goes, no laws are going to be enforced, it's one thing to have to deal with the broken lives of people in the neighborhood, people in your town. But when you have to deal with the broken lives of people all over the United States, it becomes a problem that's too big to deal with. Yeah, it's different if you're if you're trying to get rid of 50 people and then you try to get rid of 70,000 people. And they allowed 70,000 people, 70,000 bodies to pile up here in L.A. County to the point where everybody's stumped because it's an unsolvable problem. All right. So as long as you're just not giving the local homeless a pass because they don't get that. No, either. no, nobody gets a pass. No, I give out no passes to anyone. But what I'm, what I'm saying is this this has been this problem has been exacerbated, you know, 50 times over. Because everyone else in the country came here. They knew they can get away with it. So now, you know, all these stupid mayors, and they are stupid people. They're standing around. They don't, they don't know what to do. I, I assume they want to, they, they're tired of being shouted at. Tired of everybody yelling at them all day about it. But they don't know what to do. Well, and they got, they, their ideology tells them, oh, we cannot enforce the law here. That's just cruel well, and inhumane. You know We're back to that line again. That, that, you know what? Again, I'm, I'm not These arguing. These people have no I, options. They're destitute. They need our I, compassion. I'm no longer. We've heard all this. But I'm not arguing with them. That's why I'm not talking to them anymore. I'm not arguing with them. You ever get to a point in life where you just stop talking to somebody because they're crazy or they're so obstinate? Yeah, you, but the you, problem is they're in charge. So this yeah, will but, continue but, even but, if you won't talk to them. But talking to them doesn't help. You have to get rid of them. Yeah, well, that's not happening either. Well, have you looked right, at so, the polls? Have you looked at the votes? Well, this not is, happening. Okay, well, this is the problem. There's something wrong with not just Garcetti, right? Garcetti could be replaced. But how do you replace all the people who won't vote for Rick Caruso? 
Who, it's not going to happen. They're going to real. They're going to elect Karen Bass. Karen Bass. Right. Well, but what? What is? What is that? That's the problem. There. It's the people here. We can. We can. We can kick uh, Garcetti or Todd Gloria in they the don't shins see all day. These as problems. They just don't. And or if they do, it's overcome by their ideology that they have to support right. this progressive so, left wing candidate because that's what I do. Right. So where did all this come from? It didn't exist five years ago. Where did the sickness come from? Where did this mental disease that people have caught come from? Nobody, no great numbers of people used to believe this stuff. And suddenly you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, enough to decide an election. They believe in this. Why? What has gone on in people's lives that they've absorbed this dangerous, absurd philosophy? Well, we reached out to Bill Walton and we found out this afternoon this message. Thank you for your interest, kindness, concern, and patience. I'm currently traveling on the business road. I'll be doing public media on this critically important matter soon. You'll be added to the list when I return. And it all starts. All right. So but uh, hopefully he, we'll get him on the show down the road. You need more people like him who's got a name and wants to uh, talk publicly, repeatedly, over a long period of time. You've got to have a lot of people do this all at once. You know, uh, there was power in Abbott and DeSantis both deciding to be provocative and sending the illegal aliens to not just the cities, but then Martha's Vineyard. All right. Because for all the criticism among the media buffoons, a lot of normal people in the homes are saying, yeah, that's exactly what you do. You know, stick it to those fakes and phonies and virtue signalers and Martha's Vineyard. This is funny. There's a lot of people I know who think it's hilarious that those people are squealing. But you need more than DeSantis and Abbott. You need more than Bill Walton. You know, pe- people have to start turn this into a movement. We've got we've got more numbers. Our side has more numbers. Everyone's just timid. They're afraid of being called names. Yeah, I I used to believe that. I don't know if I do anymore. I thought a couple of years ago that the buildup of this would lead to big changes in the, you know who's running things, and it's just not happening. I don't see it happening. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is a tipping point. I don't know. Now, the Times reported on a man who burnt down a historic church in South L.A. Victory Baptist Church in South Los Angeles burnt down to the ground last week and injured three firefighters. The man arrested is 23-year-old Carlos Diaz. I've read this story back and forth and upside down, and they won't mention he's homeless. They won't. Just another person arrested. I wonder if that's going to be the new thing. Oh, I, I've that seen they're going to start uh, deleting details like that because they think uh, it'll just demonize the vagrants. Well, then, see, this is where you've got to stop reading the L.A. Times. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I mean, uh, was it the L.A. Daily News that printed that he was homeless? In fact, the first words were a homeless man. Uh, most of the other media did report. Right. In fact, if you click the link in the Times article, you'll end up at the Los Angeles Fire Department, which did refer to him as unhoused. Okay, so... Right. Here I have uh, oh, I have Fox L.A. That was it. Fox L.A. said a homeless man accused of arson. Oh, yeah. Most of the rest of the media right, right. away that was in the head. L.A. Right. Times is a man arrested Sunday. So, again, you, you got to be a news consumer here and say, okay, I, at least I have Fox 11. They're telling me that it was a homeless man. That's important to the story. Uh, the L.A. Times will not tell me that. Uh, is this Summer Lynn and Thomas Kerween? And it's like I'm looking at those two names and I'm thinking, okay, I can't trust what these two write. They're not telling me the truth. So when I open the LA Times, 
I've got to keep in mind that if I look at Summer Lynn or Thomas Kerwin, or maybe the whole LA Times has got to be treated this way, why am I going to waste my time reading it? They're dishonest. Oh, and I, I believe this was discussed. I think this oh, yeah. might be a new policy. Oh. Now, someone said, well, if they click the link, they can find that out from I, the Los Angeles Fire Department, but we're not going to put it in there. Okay. I re- you know, the next door app every day, you have uh, I, I read it, and there are people who write about the latest homeless guy or the latest burglar, and they describe the suspects. Hey, watch for this guy. And one person wrote the other day, I want to put a description but apparently the next door policies, you can't identify their race. And, and I think that's true. I think the LA Times no longer identifies the race. So if you're trying to alert a sus, about a suspect in the neighborhood who's just committed a crime, maybe attacked somebody, the next door moderators will erase the post. So, you know, you, you can't have facts. You can't have truth anymore disseminated. In, in your local neighborhood on a website, or you can't get it from the L.A. Times. All right, we got more coming up. So, at least in the L.A. Times situation is, I would, you know, I'd stop, uh, stop subscribing. What's the point? John and Ken, KFI. All right, well, you know, this is radio, so we're limited in some aspects when we do certain stories. You probably want to go to Twitter to get a better look at the next one we're going to talk about. We take you to Ontario, Canada, a place called Oakville Trafalgar High School. There is a teacher there teaching manufacturing technology, whatever that is. Her name is Kayla Lemieux. Kayla is transitioning to female, but apparently, and people have known it for a while, but she showed up at first classes this year with uh, a breathtaking new look. A gigantic set of prosthetic breasts. Complete with protruding, uh, yeah, these yeah protruding nipples. These breasts are uh, gigantic. They're larger than anything I've ever seen in my life, and they're slung so low uh, they really serve as like a belly. I mean, they're they're down to her waist. And, they're fake. So well, yeah. Uh, but, but now, it, at first, everyone thought this story was fake, but apparently, it's real because the school. The kids took video and pictures of her. We can't tell if it's with her knowledge or not, and whether or not maybe that's what she wanted people to do to create a controversy and get attention. But the schools defended her. Of course they have. Well, Would this not qualify as a distraction and perhaps an obscene look? I don't know. Yeah, what, it is what are obscene. Dress codes well, it schools? is. It is obscene, and there's something wrong with her. And I don't think anybody ought to have their kid in in a room. Uh, with, with, with this uh, with this person, I, I really don't because this is not somebody going through a gender transformation. This is somebody who's dressing up in some bizarre sexualized. Uh, like somebody wrote, she looks like she's a blow up doll, like a sex blow up doll. Okay, that is a whole nother level of some uh, some instability, some uh, mental instability here. I mean, they, they, you can't you can't w- walk around like that. I mean, they're they're down to her waist, and the nipples are project protruding out, and it's just the whole thing is just gross. It's 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 too weird and creepy. The school sent out a message. We're aware of the discussion on social media and in the media regarding the school. We'd like to take this opportunity to reiterate to our community that we are committed to establishing and maintaining a safe, caring, inclusive, equitable, oh, God, and welcoming learning yeah, and working. I know. They, it's like a religious chant. It's a religious incantation. Oh, diversity, inclusivity, uh, equitable. 
You no know, limits to that, huh? Yeah, amen. Diversity. Someone no. can walk around but, looking like a, uh, and, but this, a bad porn bomb shell. Yeah, well, this is this is this was what ties all the issues together. There's no limit on how many illegal immigrants come. There's no limit to how many homeless people are defecating in the streets, whacked out on meth. There's no limit to how sexually bizarre and provocative you can present yourself. There's no limit anymore on anything. And and that is just like uh, has become a cult. It's a philosophy that has no basis in normal civilized behavior. It's not the way anybody who uh, anybody wants to live. You don't want to live with 70,000 people in the street. You don't want to live with millions of illegal aliens coming over every year and costing us hundreds of billions of dollars. You don't want to have your sin, have your kid be taught by somebody who clearly has got serious mental issues. This is different than, than a sexual matter. These are mental issues when you dress like that. Have you seen the video? I haven't seen the video. I've seen the photos. The teacher is, it's like a woodworking, wood, uh, wood shop. She's actually working a, uh, a saw with a big board and cutting pieces of saw out. And I, I mean, is this person going to tell us that this is a joke? No. Oh, I did this to make a statement about something. Okay. I mean, you can't be serious no, she wearing may... this outfit with these she... prosthetic busts. No, but a, but a crazy person thinks it's normal. See, that's the thing. And, and you can't call a crazy person a crazy person anymore because apparently... And you also have the crowd and, that and, says, we know, never judge. I just saw one stupid... Well, it wasn't completely stupid. Opinion piece from a Canadian newspaper that said, well, this is body shaming for those who are criticizing this. I know. that. Well, they, they have a phrase for everything. And that's what I'm telling you. They, you. You can't talk rationally about this anymore. They just start calling you names. And, and so in this case, the Ontario Human Rights Code... Protects not only gender identity, but ex gender expression as a human right. So she's allowed to wear this bizarre getup in the classroom because she's expressing her gender. By, by putting on prosthetic boobs that hang down to her waist with the nipples protruding. And you, if a as biological a parent, female came in like that, I think there'd be a problem, though. Is it because this person's trans, they get a pass? Yes, that, that's exactly right. All right, when we come back, Steve Gregory is going to join us. He has more on the Sheila Kuehl story. The L.A. County Supervisor is being investigated by the Sheriff's Department uh, for uh, well, a little insider trading, getting a contract steered to one of her buddies for a hotline at the Metro that didn't get any calls, that was spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on. More coming up. John and Ken show, and Mark Ronner has the news. KFI AM 640.